The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are entrepreneurs and business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're also giving back to the community, and so can you. Welcome to Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking to make the most of yourself and your business, then you will want to stay tuned for the next hour. Here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper of BeMoreAchieveMore.com and CC1Consulting.com. Delighted to be back with you for yet another week. We're going to talk today about discovering your creative style. I'd like to start off by saying thank you to my guest last week, Asara Lovejoy. Um, I personally love talking to Asara, and I'm delighted to say that uh, having been someone who studied a book for about three years, um, that we've decided to do some joint seminars together in the new year. So watch this space. The show last week was unusually pre-recorded, um, as I was away at a conference in Manchester. And I also persuaded a friend of mine, a friend of the show, twice world champion row and speaker, Meta Block, to fly in from Denmark for the conference. Um, I'm pleased to say that having been my first guest back in September 2011, she'll also be my guest on my 100th show on October the 25th. And during the show, we're going to share the host spot, really. And she's going to also ask me some questions about my five favorite learnings and shows during the period to date during um, the last two years so really looking forward to that now let's talk about creativity i am fascinated by creativity and creative people and you know you see creativity expressed through art music and building design in movies in the workplace everything is created first in thought and it's the seeds of ideas that ultimately grow into amazing developments Last weekend, I watched some tremendous speakers on stage, and I really admired some of their creativity. And one that sticks in my mind was a lady called Tony Newton, who'd even had um, some red stepladders that she'd shipped in um, over from the United States to the UK for this particular speaking event. And it was a really interesting. It was a fabulous conference. But what I also found, that there was some people in the room of about 200 delegates who felt a bit excluded as the stars and the creators of the show performed on stage. And I wondered if this is the same with creativity, as some people make the decision that they cannot be creative and can feel excluded from the creative flow because they rarely flex up creative muscle. Hopefully if this is you, then today's show might change things. So how can you rediscover that creativity, the creativity that... Probably we've all got. Creativity isn't just about art. It's, it's about what we all need to solve unprecedented challenges. But many people and businesses aren't living up to their creative potential. Whatever you do, being creative is needed to increase the value of what we produce and to help us become more competitive. Creativity can make the difference between great business and personal success and failure. During this show, we're going to talk about how there is more than one creative type of person and help you to find your creative style. 
By learning more about your own personality type, you have a greater probability of reaching your full creative potential. I'm really delighted to welcome my guest today, who is David B. Goldstein. David is an author, a management consultant, a speaker, and the originator of the creative type concept. As an entrepreneur for nearly 25 years, he's a researcher with a science background, and he's also an internationally recognized artist. Check, check out his website, davidgoldstein.com, and have a look at some of his artwork, because they're really quite magnificent and taken and produced during his travels. So a big welcome to David B. Goldstein. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. What a wonderful introduction. You're very welcome. And I believe you're based over in Virginia. That's right. Right outside of Washington, D.C. And it sounds like we have something in common and that we're, we're both looking at the rain out the window. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> can, can, you, can you start off by maybe telling us about your story, David, and how you became interested in creativity? Sure. And my, my story, you know, since I was a kid... I've been doing creative activities, but that's not unusual. What's unusual is I continue to do them as I grew up. And one of the reasons I, I wrote the book and I'm thinking so much about creativity is something that actually happened when I was in third grade. And it's amazing what we remember. I remember things that like shock me or I, it just make no sense. And I remember the kid next to me saying that he couldn't draw. And I was shocked by this. And I thought, isn't that too young at third grade to give up an art? Um... I, I always continued and I always had confidence because my mom always told me everything I did was beautiful. And I always heard her voice, whatever I did. So if a neighbor said what I was doing was ugly or if a teacher said I'm using the wrong color, I didn't hear the criticism. I just heard my mom's voice of encouragement. But I realized everyone else didn't have that confidence and encouragement. And I want to show people how they can be confident and how they can have encouragement and how they can get back to the arts, and, and the, they probably shouldn't give enough so early. Uh, were, you, were you brought up in a very creative environment then with, you, with your mom, or was it just something you were drawn to? Yeah, I, my mom always encouraged me, and my dad always provided all the supplies. So we were surrounded by the idea that there's more than one right answer, that um, creativity was always important in our household, absolutely. That's a, and... Uh, and would you see that around in the environment that you were brought up in? Or? I, I did. I did. I, was, I grew up around the New York City area, and it was uh, actually on Staten Island, which was a rural community. And um, there was a lot of creativity. And I, and I think a lot of kids see the creativity when they're young, but somewhere along the line, they get discouraged away from it. Excellent. Well, the last time I went to Staten Island, I think it was to start the New York Marathon. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just uh, is that where it starts? I think just it is Verrazano Bridge. I remember that. Right. <laughs> it, was bit, it was pretty cold, and I was a bit nervous about what I was about to embark on. <laughs> wow, that, that's. Uh, I'm assuming you finished. That's quite an accomplishment. Wow. Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah, it was great fun. Wonderful way to see New York. Oh yeah, and you probably traveled faster through the streets on foot than normally people would on. Uh, transportation in a car. So. I think so. There's one or two sort of suburbs that I probably wouldn't have wandered in as a visitor, which you can you can go through freely when you're running with lots of other people. Which is right. wow. which what is, a great experience. Which is good. So so I, I often I often work with people who say they're not creative. Is whether you are or are not creative, is it just simply a state of mind? 
It is a state of mind because we're all creative. In, in fact, there's a recent study that showed eight in ten people think creativity is important, but only one in four are living up to their creative potential. And, you know, we're creative every day in all the things we do. Every time we substitute a new ingredient for dinner or we find a shortcut home or we talk to a client who has a strange problem that we've never seen before and we help them solve it, we're creative all the time. But we don't often think of ourselves as creative. But if we do, then we could be even more creative. It is absolutely a state of mind. And how, and how do you see people struggling to really understand their creativity? Or do they just make a decision that they are or are not? You know, I think we, we see the struggle comes when they're young because all these children think of themselves as creative. But then when the children get older, they see themselves as not creative. And the struggle comes from this mismatch where they get excluded and they get alienated. What happens is someone in their life, either a parent, a teacher, an authority figure, criticizes them for doing something that's actually they're excited about. They do something unique and novel and society wants to push us together and make us all the same. And we're criticized for doing things that are different and and unique. And this creates a struggle and the second part of that happens with this mismatch we have. When people are creative, they often try to teach others to be creative, but it's often not their way. And if you're not, if they're showing you their way and it's not our way, then it's kind of alienating. And we could talk about more of that as the show goes on. Yeah, it's very, very true. I guess that you know people having a perception in, in it with their with creativity in terms of what is right and wrong, and actually, the main not that that idea of right and wrong can be completely distorted. Right, right. And, and what, what's amazing to me is something like creativity. There is no right or wrong, but so many people think there is a right or wrong way. And, and that's what I think pushes people off course. Yeah. yeah so so what, what do you think of the missed opportunities if you don't discover your creativity? Well, there's two missed opportunities. One is for society. And, you know, you think of people like um, Steve Jobs or Bill Gates or Richard Branson, and they created these amazingly creative companies that, in my opinion, improves that standard of living. But w- without them, we wouldn't have these great, some of the great things that we have. But we shouldn't just rely on these few people. These, we could have so many Apples. We could have so many um, Microsofts or uh, Virgin companies. They're just, we, they, we shouldn't depend on these few people to be creative. We all can be creative. And the missed opportunity comes to us personally. You know, another study has shown that 70% of people, at least in the U.S., aren't engaged in their work. And when people are acting creatively, they are engaged. I've never saw someone who was acting creatively and wasn't engaged in what they were doing. And if we could act creatively at work, we could enjoy our work, we could improve our well-being, we could solve problems better. There's so many benefits from feeling and being more creative. Yeah, I guess when that, that creativity feels stifled in a, in a work situation, um, that can be possibly a moment when people start to switch off absolutely absolutely um and, and it's something where creativity should be honored more in the workplace um but, but also we have opportunities to be creative outside of work also so it's not only in the workplace you know i tell people it's not about being an artist but we could be an artist in everything we do and, and that really provides great fulfillment and it helps others around us and it helps us too mm. I was very, last night I asked my seven-year-old son what he'd done at school, and he said he'd been learning about the Titanic. And so I said to him, what, what can you tell me about the Titanic? 
And for the next probably six or seven minutes, he told me the story of the Titanic with such a level of eloquence that I've never heard from him before. And I just sat there absolutely stunned. You know, he told the story absolutely beautifully with, with barely anything that I could think of missing, missed out, missing out. And, uh, and, I, and I just thought, I was probably proud of him. I thought it was really, you know, I could see his creativity coming through just in his language. It was, um, yeah, bit of a bit of a memorable moment, I think. That, that's fantastic. And storytelling is a, a mode of creativity. It's how we express ourselves. And it doesn't have to be in paint or sculpture. Our verbal communications is obviously a way that we're creative. Everything we say is a different way. It's personal. It's how we're saying and expressing ourselves. And um, no, that's wonderful. And we, when we encourage our children to doing something and, and seeing that they're proud of it and you're proud of it, it, it gives them the encouragement to continue. Wonderful. We're going to go to a commercial break now. We shall be back again with you in just a couple of minutes. Then we're going to start to look more at these sort of creative type concepts. So do come back and join us after the break. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We spend 70% of our week in the office. What is the difference between enjoying your job and enduring it? The number one motivator is a positive work environment. And that's where Real Recognition Radio comes in. Join your hosts, Roy Saunderson and S. Max Brown, as they take a look at the positive factors of the workplace, such as employee rewards, recognition, incentives, and much more. Tune in to Real Recognition Radio, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, it's Chris Cooper of bemoreachievemore.com. I'm delighted to be with David B. Goldstein. We're talking about discovering your creative style. Um, so, David, I wonder if you could share with us your thoughts on whether you can be, you know, whether you're introverted or whether you're extroverted. Um, you know, is creativity uh, equal? Can you be equally creative with those different preferences? That, that's a great question, Chris. And, and first, there's a lot of talk right now about introversion and extroversion. And the way we define it is really, where do you get your energy from? Do you get it from being around people? Or do you get it from being alone? And we all like some alone time, and we all like to be around people sometimes. But it's where you get most of your energy. And um, if you get, if you're around a lot of people, 
and you start to get tired, you might be more of an introvert. And if you um, have too much alone time and start getting tired from that, you might be an extrovert. And the question, are they equal? You know, I think it's difficult to measure creativity. They have a lot of creativity tests and things, but there's so many different forms of creativity. It's something that's hard to measure. But I'd say introverts and extroverts can both be very creative in different ways. The extroverts tend to engage their environment, engage the people around them. They move physical objects around. I like to think of extrovert creativity as moving all the furniture around in a room to see how it'll look and, and trying things out. Introverted creativity, on the other hand, focuses more internally into their imagination, into their mind. And they're somewhat more private and their creativity is more thinking about how they're going to move all the furniture around the room and visualizing it and, and thinking about it that way. The extroverts try to create more products in the real world. They might build cities. The introverts might build virtual worlds in their mind. They might build computer code or things like that. Um, but there's a really a, a big distinction comes with brainstorming. And this is what we talked, well, you talked about before about being excluded. Brainstorming is an activity that is really great for extroverts, but with introverts, they often feel excluded and they get the best ideas afterwards, maybe on the drive home. But when they're in that brainstorming session, they start to feel excluded and uncreative. And by understanding that there's different ways to be creative, then they wouldn't feel as excluded. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I was with running a, a workshop last week and I guess was more introversion in that room because of the nature of the work that people did than extroversion. And uh, for one or two people, um, they were great people, um, and particularly good one-to-one. -one. However, when you got them in a group environment, it was quite uncomfortable for them. So, so I, I guess that um, maybe in the situation you described there, that in a situation where people are less comfortable in groups, then that probably would stifle their creativity. Right, right. The introverts work better in, in small groups, small trusted groups. If the boss is in the room, they might not feel as comfortable. If it's a big room full of people, they might be uncomfortable just expressing their ideas so, um, so openly to so many people. Um, so I, I would suggest that before you have the meeting, you might present the ideas so the introverts could think about it before the meeting. And you might have an avenue for them to communicate their ideas afterwards, a channel to say they might have an aha moment later on and think, well, if no one asked me about it, I'm not going to share it. So it's the introvert's job to share the ideas and the extrovert's ideas to give them a chance to share it. Uh, that's great. Uh, great thinking, I think. What do, you, what, what do you mean by the creative type concept? Well, this is a concept that I developed, and um, it, it's the idea that there's more than one type of creativity. And I'm... Probably not the first one to say that, that there's more than one type of creativity or that uh, we all can be creative in our own way, which is part of this concept. But what I did is I sh I'm showing how. What, what I do is I show that there's at least 16 different ways. I'm using a Myers-Briggs personality type as a model, and I'll we'll talk about that more later. But I'm showing that there's at least 16 different ways to get started to be creative. There's not just one type, and that, that's what the concept is about. Can you explain some of the different styles and types of creativity that you explain in your book? Absolutely, absolutely. And, I, you know, I break it down into four questions. And what, what I found 
is that uh, I made this connection between personality type and art style in a, a class I had. I was taking a watercolor class at the same time I was learning about personality type style, and I saw the connection between the two. And what personality type is about, it's how you see the world and how you make decisions. And this is exactly the same as our creative process. So I have four questions that we ask in our book, how to define your personality type and how to find how, more, learn more about yourself. The, the first question we just talked about, it's about introversion and extroversion. It's where do you get your energy from? Um, the second question, and, and if you get your energy from being around people, you're probably an extrovert. If you get your energy from having lots of alone time, you're probably an introvert. The second question has to do with how we gather information. It's our input. And there's two ways that we all input data, but we all prefer one way over another. Some people, called the sensing type, they prefer to gather every detail of the environment using their five senses. And they're very in the moment, in the present, they're using their sight, smell, touch, to just gather just everything, all the information. The other type of way for gathering information is something called intuitive type. And that makes up only 30% of the population. But these type of people, they miss the details They focus on generalities, finding patterns, finding general theories. The the kind of person who might walk down the street and not even realize there's ketchup dripping down the side of their arm um, because they're thinking about something else. Their head's sometimes in the clouds. They're thinking about the future. And this makes a huge difference in how we're creative. And, And both types are creative. The sensing types are creative by being very concrete, by solving today's problems, and the intuitives are creative by being more abstract and more solving anticipated problems in the future. And um, I'll give you an example. The sensing types seem to combine information, combine uh, actual I- items. Like when Ford created his first automobile, he put together a bicycle wheel, a boat tiller, a motor, and it looked like a combination of a bicycle, a boat, and a motor. While Edison, when he created the light bulb, it didn't really look like anything. He created something where nothing existed before. So a lot of times when people say it's like outside-the-box thinking, that's a little bit more the way the intuitives think. They might create what nothing existed before. They might integrate things together so it doesn't look like anything we've seen. But the sensing types, which make up the majority of the population, they create by uh, combining things and they make incremental changes, incremental changes within systems, and, and that's how they prefer. And, of course, there's overlap. We all do both, but it's how we prefer. It's how we prefer to work. Sure, sure. Um, so how, how does your own personal style reflect in your artwork? Because you're an internationally renowned artist. Um, you want maybe to share a little bit about your, your personal style? Sure, definitely. And, um, you know, with my style, I... I when I got back into the arts about twenty no about ten years ago, I took five different watercolor classes from different teachers, and every teacher was telling us this is the exact way to work. And I was feeling alienated because um, it wasn't my way. Uh, they were saying you have to use these colors. The sky has to be blue. Another teacher said you have to work directly from a model, and I like to work from my imagination. Um, 
once I discovered this concept of personality type, I realized that the teachers were telling me one thing and they were alienating me away from feeling creative, but um, I gained the confidence to do it my way. And I am imaginative. I like to reflect on ideas for a very, very long time, sometimes six months or more, an idea of a painting before I actually sit down to paint. And um, I'm relatively abstract. I'm representational in my paintings, but I don't care if the gradients are smooth, if it's really neat looking. I just, the overall big picture is more important to me than the details. And, and this is something I learned about my artwork through the personality type. Great question. Great. So have you, have you, through understanding your personality type, have you adjusted your art in any way to reflect it so you're in your flow? Or, uh, or have you just found that both of them naturally operate in harmony? I, I, I believe they operate in harmony. And uh, no one should tell you you're doing it wrong if you're doing something creative. And that's kind of a red flag. Um, when you're doing something, it, it, you're happy about it, you're in the flow, and um, it, it becomes your natural style. And it, it's amazing how many people tell you when you're doing that, you're doing it wrong. Um, and, and I think they're wrong for discouraging um, something you're excited about. Mm. There's uh, many examples in history of that, isn't there? Where I think so. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So, so, I mean, who um, do you have particular artists that you admire, and and are they are they artists who are similar to yourself, or do you, when you have a per- particular personality style, can you be appreciative of all? Oh. Well, that, that's a really great question, and I, and I think. Um, we all have a great appreciation, much greater than our own personal style. And we look at something and go, oh, I can't do that. And you really appreciate what you can't do. But my favorite artists are close to my style. And um, someone like Turner is absolutely my favorite artist. And mm. he's has a very similar personality type that, than I do. And, uh, and I, I relate to that. And I appreciate what he had done. You know, when I was researching artists, a few artists who I didn't care for very much, when I started understanding their personality behind um, their, their artwork, um, I started appreciating their work more because I saw where they were coming from. So um, one, of, one of the things, if you do learn about personality typing, the creative styles, and learn about things that are opposite from yourself, you might develop a real appreciation for things you didn't understand before. Yeah, yeah. Now, Turner, he painted lots of English countryscapes. Yeah, and a lot of waterscapes and countryscapes, very few people, um, big abstract shapes. Um, You know, he was a shy academic, and um, he was also very spontaneous. And because of his reputation, he would go into the Royal Academy, and they would let him put blank canvases in. And he would hang blank canvases, and the day of the show, he would paint something and try to outdo the people right next to him. Uh, He was very competitive, too. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I remember sitting standing with marveling, marveling a couple of years ago. Was, I was down in a place called Sussex in the United Kingdom, and I was stood at the point where the Haywain was painted. Um, are you familiar with that? That was that was a Turner, wasn't it? Uh, I think it might have been. Yeah, yeah. So I was stood at, stood at the point there where it was painted, just sort of admiring the uh, the view, and because uh, this painting was always there was a copy of it on the wall at home, which I was brought up with as a child, all sat above the, the fireplace. 
Um, so it was kind of strange being there with this, I mean, this distant memory of this thing. It's like walking into a painting. <laughs> of course, yeah. yeah. So, so after the commercial break, we're going to sort of start to move into how we discover our own own style. So, we'll be back with you again in just a couple of minutes. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called The Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. How can we Americans realize our dreams to earn a living? How can you pursue your dream and make money as an owner or an employee? Learn how at The American Business Person, the online weekly radio talk show hosted by Rich Killian. Today's business leaders share how to succeed and what fails. If you own a new or established business or ever hope to, you must tune in. Join us every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Central, and noon Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel or listen on demand to our archived shows. Do you, like most Americans, spend the majority of your life at work? Are you making it the joy that it deserves to be, or are you feeling drained and unfocused? Tune in to A Great Place to Work with hosts Kurt Kaufman and Dr. Kathy Sorensen. Your hosts have more than 30 years of experience in workplace consulting and are ready to bring you the secrets and success stories of businesses who are making their business a great place to work. Listen every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and enjoy a better workplace and a better life. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper here. I'm here with David B. Goldstein. We're talking about discovering your creative style. And for, before anybody uh, writes in to me, um, of course you always can, uh, the Hay Wayne was actually uh, painted by John Constable. I just remembered it in the break. It wasn't Turner at all. Um, so um, let's, um, let's just uh, finish off, because you were talking about the different styles and types of creativity, and, and you mentioned uh, two, which was... Um, about introversion, extroversion, and also this in, intuitive and sensory sensing type. Um, there's a couple more types I know in your book. Do you want to just share those for us? Sure, of course. Once we gather the information as either a sensor or an intuitive, we have to make a decision on the information. And the next question is, how do we make our decision? Do we make it based on things that we consider most importantly what's logical and fair, or do we consider how it affects people and promoting harmony? And if you consider more what's logical and, and fair, and 70% of men uh, are this type, it's the thinking type. The other type, if you like what, um, 
how it affects people and you want to promote harmony, that is actually 70% of women pick that type and they're the feeling type. And this makes a difference of what we create too. And one of the things, all of our creative expressions, uh, uh, all of our expressions of how we're creative, and often people say we need to be authentic. And a lot of times uh, an English teacher or someone will say, you have to be authentic by showing your emotions. And that's the right way for a feeling type, but it might not be the right way for a thinking type. And, and this shows in, in artwork, it shows in business. I like to think that uh, the old IT people, when they built the networks, uh, the computer networks were probably thinking types in general, building these systems, these logical systems. And now that we're connecting people through these social networks, they might be more of a feeling type where they're connecting people. Um, and it shows in the artwork, too, a painter like Turner who painted landscapes, he wasn't very interested in the people, was probably a thinking type. And another painter like Matisse who just cared about the personally getting to know the model, he couldn't paint the model unless he personally got to know them, was probably more of a feeling type. So this shows a really big difference in the creative styles. Um, so there's thinking and feeling. Is there a fourth? There is a fourth. And, and the fourth is our outer world orientation. And it's basically how we project ourselves. Do we project a very structured, ordered, and punctual outer, outer self, and that's a judging type? Or are we a little more spontaneous and scattered, and we do things on our own time, and that's a perceiving type? And the way I like to think about this is the judging types, they like to make a decision and stick to it. And if they get new information that comes in, even if it's good information, they don't always like it right away. While um, the perceiving types, they make decisions too, but they're very open to change their decisions at any moment when new information comes in. And that's a, a really important distinction in our creative process happens when we get blocked, when we have these creative blocks. And we all, it happens to everyone. And if the... Judging type gets blocked. The most important thing for them to do is to expand their horizons, open up the flow of information, and do things that they think is going to be irrelevant. Talk to someone they think they have nothing in common with. Go to a meeting they think is going to be a waste of time. Pick up a magazine that they have no interest in. Because all these things bring in new information that they were closing themselves off to. But, you know, that's like the worst thing a perceiving type could do when they get blocked. They get blocked because they're taking in so much information that they don't know where to start. And what they need to do is stop taking in all the information and make a few tentative decisions. So this is a, a key that we've seen about how people get stuck and how they can get unblocked. Mm. And, and how can someone best discover their own style? The best way to discover your own style, I believe, is actually to start doing things. Because we think about things and we think we might have this style or that style. But when you actually start acting in some kind of technique, our style will come through. Um, and there's a distinction I see, and it's between our ideas and our techniques. And you look at anything great that's ever been created, and it's a combination. Someone had a great idea, but they also knew how to implement the idea. And I encourage people, if you don't learn a technique, it's either in writing, it's in speaking, it's in painting, it's learning how to write a business plan or how to get financing, if you don't have these techniques, then you can't implement your ideas. So it's very, very important to learn some kind of technique. 
And don't think you can't do it because everyone can learn the techniques and everyone has ideas. And the, this combination allows everyone to be creative. And obviously, the second way is to learn your personality type. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I've mentioned on the show, show before, I've mentioned before that I play the guitar and I decided about five years ago that I was going to become a, a really good guitar player. And I think one of the key things to me, actually being five years later, being a, a pretty good player, if most people saw me, they, they would say, say that now. Um, they wouldn't have done two or three years ago. But the distinction between me being able to play the guitar and a friend who also sort of made the same decision at the same time, my attitude has always been I've imagined myself being this great guitar player, but he's always told himself that he can't do it. <laughs> it's too hard. Uh-huh. And, and just that difference, I think, is what, I guess that and lots of practice has been what's produced the result for me, that sort of mindset to just give it a go and not be overawed by things that might seem too complicated. Yeah, that's great that you had the dedication to follow through, Chris, of something you wanted to do, and you had that as a goal. And, you know, people say, I want to play the guitar, and they pick it up the first time, and they're not going to play it the first time well, and then they think, well, I'm not gifted. But it's not a matter of, no one is, I don't think anyone is born with the ability to pick up an instrument they never saw before and create beautiful music. Once they spend the time and the practice and uh, take the lessons, they can develop the technique. And then when they have ideas, they could put their ideas through the technique and, and create something beautiful. But it, it just doesn't come, there's this myth that we're just born with these abilities. If we don't have the ability from day one, then we can't do it. And it's something that we could all learn technique. That's a great example of the guitar. Do you think people are attracted more to certain creative activities based on their their personality profile? Like, you know, I'm, I'm attracted to the guitar you're attracted to, I also like art, but I don't do it. I just more appreciate it and put it on my wall. Um, do, do you think uh, our style makes or type impacts that or, or just? Somewhat, somewhat, um, but it shouldn't limit us either. And I'll give you one example. I saw some stats where um, 80% of the, of the actors happen to be intuitive types, but that still means 20% are the sensing types. And I believe that when you follow your passion, you shouldn't, no one should tell you you're the wrong personality type for this. You should go what you're personally drawn to and and follow through. But what's really, really great is when you get drawn into something where it seems like everyone is a different personality type, then you're bringing something really different to the table. Um, for, for example, if you are... Um, a salesperson and everyone in your sales organization is an extrovert and you happen to be an introvert, you're bringing something a little bit different to the table. You're thinking longer about what the customer needs and possibly you are listening a little bit more. And it's knowing how you're different is a real strength. And our creative differences really become our great strengths. Mm. You just made me think about, uh, we have a comedian over here called Rowan Atkinson. Have you ever come across him? Mr. Bean? Oh, yes. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> and, and he is, uh, he's fascinating that on stage, I remember seeing him doing a series of Anton Chekhov plays and I was on the front row and he, he, he actually leant over and pulled this incredible face only about an inch away from mine. Um, I'll never forget that. Um, but he's, he's actually, as an individual, he's, he's quite introverted and quite sort of quiet. But then he gets his fulfillment being on stage and driving fast cars. He's quite, a, quite an interesting 
interesting different character. Um, yeah, it's possible, you know, the extroverts, when they get on stage, are energized by the audience. But the introverts, when they get on stage, they don't need the audience. Maybe they could work with just cameras and not have anyone in the studio. Um, they're not audience dependent, and that could give them a strength, too. So um, we, we all, if we know ourselves, we know how we're energized and how we can be creative. And that, that's really the key to this. I've got a, got a couple of minutes till commercial break now, but I wonder... From in your perspective, how do you think companies can help their employees to discover their creativity? <laughs> yeah, that's really important. It's one of the reasons I wrote the book to try to have a step-by-step guide of how people can learn about their personalities and be more creative at work. The most important thing for a manager to know is even though they probably hire people that are similar to themselves, that their employees probably have a different creative style. And if they understand that everyone has a different creative style, and, that, and we can benefit from the differences, that's really the most important thing for a manager and for companies to develop a, a creative culture. Hmm. It's a, uh, yeah, I, I'm sort of fascinated with this because I mean, some, there are some sort of personality profile types which would say that, you know, the, an, an intuitive was possibly more creative than somebody who's sensory. Um, but I suppose it's actually, it's about, how you choose to manifest your creativity, as, you, as you've identified there, uh, it could be the, it could be the difference between you know blue sky, quite surreal art, down to at a very grounded level, at a very sensory level, perhaps you know detailed fine art, perhaps. Is that absolutely? We see the sensing to be more uh, realistic in this style. Um, but I'd say also in business, like um, Henry Ford as a sensor. He, he created incremental changes, and he increased the productivity and uh, the efficiency. He didn't invent the car, but he made it uh, accessible to people, and he was highly creative. And a lot of sensing creativity happens within the system. They're not inventing an entirely new system. They're just making improvements, and that's a really important way that they're creative. Mm. We're going to go to commercial break again now, and uh, we'll just this is the last one. We'll just be back. Um, we'll go for a couple, about a minute or two, and then we should be back with you after the break, and we shall start to look at some you know real examples of uh, creativity. Um, so we shall be back with you again in just uh, a couple of minutes. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Hi, I'm Rebecca Costa, host of the Costa Report every Tuesday at 6 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. This week, my guest is outspoken former congressman and one of our country's most prominent gay public figures, Mr. Barney Frank. He'll be with us to talk about the Supreme Court's ruling on DOMA and how the Obama presidency is doing in its second term. Don't miss Barney Frank this Tuesday at 6 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on the Voice America Business Channel. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. 
We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading Conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, it's Chris Cooper, and please do contact me at info at bemoreachievemore.com. Love to hear from you, and uh, do sort of like the, the Facebook page and uh, communicate with me. Um, that's always uh, always good to hear what you think. And if you've got any suggestions of uh, people that should be on the show and uh, ideas for the show, do send them in. Uh, so, David, um, I'd like to ask you if you've got any examples of of companies that you think really mature creativity and, and are really seeing the benefits? Sure, that's a great question. And uh, there, are, there are a lot of companies, and you know, ones that always come to mind, and they might be slightly overused, but I think I have a different take on them, uh, companies like Apple and Google. And both of those companies, they provide an opportunity for their employees to work a percentage of their time on their own projects. And it seems counterintuitive to let employees not do their regular job and work on what they want to work on, but it creates a culture where so much more productivity actually gets created because they're thinking about ways to do their job better and they're creating, they're using the human resources, they're using themselves and their creativity to come up with new ideas which are not necessarily the mandate of what the company is asking for. But what's really interesting about Google and Apple is Google collects data. Every time we use Gmail, every time we put a search word in, they're collecting tons and tons of data. Every time we use Google+, they're understanding more about us. And they're making decisions, big decisions, based on all this real-time, immediate data. And that seems to be a little bit of a sensing type of model Mm. for... um, for making their uh, gathering data and then actually sensing thinking type for making data and making decisions. But on the other hand, the culture at Apple, at least under Steve Jobs, he didn't believe in data. He didn't believe in market information. He went with his intuition, and that's how he made his decisions. And it's two very, very different ways that companies can make decisions and collect data, and, and two very, very companies, which, which I think is it's, it shows that there are just so many different ways that companies can em- embrace being creative. Um, a, a quick story I have about a, uh, a startup I worked with, 
Um, it was a mother-daughter team, and they were not getting along very well. They had kind of a global operation, but um, the they were always the daughter would always be concerned and conflicting with the mother. And I gave them both a MBTI a Myers-Briggs assessment, and we learned that they had actually opposite personality types except for extroversion. So all they did is talk over each other, but they didn't solve or listen enough to each other. But after they understood their personality type, we realized that the mom was an intuitive perceiver, and she always had big ideas, and she talked through her ideas, and, and not all the ideas mattered. And the daughter realized she didn't have to follow up on everything the mom said. And she was a sensing, uh, feeling, and judging type. And the way they started working really well together is the mom would create all these big ideas. The daughter would decide which ones are worth pursuing. She would figure out how they fit in the product line, how the customers would react. And the two of them, their business thrived and their relationship thrived. And it was, it's incredible what understanding personality type differences can, can do if you understand how to benefit from them. I've got a, a sort of similar example with two, a father and a son who owned a successful business. And then I did a, I did a personality profile with them because they're, for both of them, because the challenge they had was that the father was getting closer to retirement age, but he didn't want to really let go because he was worried that the son would take the business in a very different direction. Um, not that son had ever indicated that, but he, but it was kind of his baby, and he'd uh, he'd established it. And we did some profiling. I did some profiling with them and uh, debriefed them separately. And what we found is actually their profiles were very, very similar. And what it did was it gave the father the confidence that actually son wasn't going to probably do, go and do something completely wild, and would still respect his judgment. And through that meeting, we were able to, you know, agree when the father would be, you know, taking a back seat in the business and start to agree who would, um, you know, own what percentage and all that sort of thing. And I remember the father saying to me afterwards that it was just one of the best bits of personal development he ever had. And he'd actually, over the last week, he'd been losing sleep nearly every night about it. And just by understanding their styles, uh, it, uh, it, was, it alleviated the problem, really. That's wonderful. And that's a great story. And, and you know, I- Times of crisis, personal crisis, business crisis, it seems it's the Myers-Briggs or any of these personality assessments are a very, very powerful way to understand human behavior. And it really could give you tremendous insights into solving problems that involve people. And it, it, it could be a really powerful, really great thing. And it's, it's saved me in so many circumstances. Um, and it's allowed me to give advice to people too that really has allowed them to uh, benefit. So um, I really recommend people look into personality type assessments as, as just as a way of a framework to understand what's happening around us. So, so what do you think? Is that, is, is that the first step that a business owner should do to stimulate creativity in their business, do a profile, or are there other steps that people need to think about? I, I would say that's the first step. Um, you, you know, I'm not saying this in a self-serving way, but I wrote a book as a first step for people to start to understand themselves and to understand the people around us, them. Um, and um, I, I think it could be a very valuable first step just because people are creative in different ways and to understand that. It's, it's, it's a really good way to to do these profiles with, with teams and then what – 
something I found very helpful, which I'm, I've done last week, and I'm doing another program next week with a with a with some boards and senior teams. Is uh, is actually then getting people to openly share their profiles and uh, and look at how they can better work together, and that that sort of understanding of each other's profile just enables you to have conversation about things that you maybe wouldn't talk about normally or haven't found a way to talk about. Um, it, it, it can be very, very bonding, I think. Very bonding, very uh, starting conversations, um, just providing the mutual understanding that it, it, you develop from it is, is incredible. Um, yeah, it's used a lot with teams. Do you have any final messages that you'd like to leave us with? I, I do. Um, I'd say the most important thing is to know that there's different ways that we're creative. And if anyone discouraged you away from being creative at an early age, um, they were wrong and you could get back to that. That um, creativity is a, is a technique and an idea together. And I encourage people to go out and learn techniques so they can express their ideas. And I encourage people to learn about themselves, learn about their personality type. And, you know, Chris, person, it, creativity takes courage. And in order to have courage, we have to know ourselves. And the more we know ourselves, the more we can be confident in, in what we do. And, and that's really the final thing I have to say about that. And I really appreciate you having me to explain these ideas. Oh, you're really welcome. I've absolutely loved having you on the show, David. I think um, I've enjoyed I've enjoyed meeting you from our first conversation to plan this show so thank you so much for joining us i'm i'm grateful for you to uh, to uh, be on the show and i wish you well uh, for more information on david b goldstein go to www.davidbgoldstein.com do check out his artwork on there as well it's um, fascinating and if you have any questions or feedback please send them to chris at bemorechievemore.com you know i leave the message on my facebook page uh, on the next week's show, we're going to talk about taking intentions through to implementation with Peter Haddon. And Peter's credentials are interesting. They include being the youngest wing commander in the Rhodesian Air Force. He also captained his national soccer team, which was Rhodesia, 11 times, including during the 1970 World Cup tournament. Uh, Rhodesia is now, of course, Zimbabwe. And as managing director of the Rolex watch company in South Africa, he increased its turnover 15 times in 16 years. He's been involved in one-to-one -one coaching and mentoring with sportsmen such as Francois Pinar, the French rugby player Mark McNulty, uh, the golfer and Bruce Fordyce, as well as numerous top business personalities. So that will be another fascinating show. And uh, once again, thank you to David B. Goldstein. And do send any comments, suggestions, thoughts across to chris at bemoreachievemore.com. Thank you. <laughs> listening to be more achieve more please join your host chris cooper again next friday at 8 a.m u.s pacific time typically 4 p.m london on the voice america business channel enjoy your week thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america business channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.